Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. That was only about 70%. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is the single largest gathering of people that we have had here at the Village Church since early 2020. Give yourselves a hand. Thank you for observing the protocols that we still have in place and expressing your care and concern not only for yourself but for all others. I would simply remind you that here in the sanctuary we do ask that you have your masks on. In the parlor we also ask that you have your masks on but the doors are wide open and it's almost like being outside. In the chapel we have all the doors open and it pretty much is like being outside so if you'd prefer not to be masked you can move over to the chapel. We are here of course to worship the living God and I know that all of us would love to sing out as much as possible but we are asking that you not sing for this service. You can, however, based on my executive decision, you can hum Silent Night. But I think we need to practice the humming, okay? So on the count of three, humming, that means your lips are sealed. One, two, three. Okay, good enough. You're going to do that well. You're going to do that well. Friends, if you are visiting here with us today for the first time, a special welcome to you. We are here always worshiping and serving the living God, and we are happy to welcome you into the family today. This four o'clock service is being live streamed, broadcast all around the world, and so don't fall asleep. The camera may land on you. We're here to worship the living God. Let us prepare our hearts and minds now to worship as we are gathered together in song. We have waited and we have watched and we have prepared for the celebration of the birth of the Christ child. 
we have lit the four candles of the Advent wreath, representing for us hope and peace and joy and love. On this night, we have lit the fifth candle of the Advent wreath, the white candle in the center, the Christ candle, that represents the light of God that was coming into the world. And so, friends, let us worship the living God.
beloved in Christ, this Christmas Eve, as we prepare to hear once again the story of the Christ child, let us join together in prayer. Holy Father, on this eve of our Savior's birth, we pray for the needs of your whole world, for peace and goodwill over all the earth, for unity within the church that Christ came to build, and especially for people of all nations. At this time, we remember in Jesus' name, the poor and the helpless, the cold, the hungry, and the oppressed, the sick and those that mourn, the lonely, the aged, and the little children. Come, Lord Jesus. Let us remember before God and all those who rejoice with us upon a great light that multitude which no one can number, whose hope was in the word made flesh and with whom in this Lord Jesus we forevermore are one. These prayers and praises we offer up to the throne of heaven in Christ our Lord. Amen.
A reading from Isaiah and Micah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace.
Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, this child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and it was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see these things that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them.
A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relationships with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Brothers and sisters, as an act of worship, we offer ourselves to Christ the King. I invite the ushers to come forward at this time. And I ask that you come and kneel before the Christ child. Bring all that you are and all that you have. Offer your gifts in wonder, in gratefulness, and in awe. Offer your gifts of joy and delight. 
Friends, we have been spending weeks and weeks and weeks getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ. And we have been doing that in our worship by considering some of the characters of the nativity scene. Some of those of whom we read about and hear about in the scriptures that we have read this afternoon. We've talked about Zechariah and Elizabeth and the shepherds and Joseph and we've even talked about Herod. The Christmas season will continue for weeks and weeks after tomorrow and we'll think as well about the kings and the innkeeper and others. But for tonight, we are going to think about the one who most folks perhaps would consider to be the the penultimate character in the nativity scene. Not Jesus, of course, but Mary. When you think about Mary, you perhaps think of some of the famous music that there is about Mary. And before we consider some of that music, I think it's appropriate that we take just a moment to thank the folks who have shared so much beautiful music with us this evening. Shall we do that? The real reason that I wanted us to do that is because I want them on my good side and ask for forgiveness for what I'm about to do. What is some of the great music about Mary that we celebrate at Christmas time? Well, of course, you can't think about Mary and Christmas without thinking of this song. Ave Maria. You know that song? Ave Maria, hail Mary. It's what the angel said to her when he came to tell her about God's plan for her life. Now, in the way of things as they happen with preachers, we sometimes begin to free associate. And as I was thinking about other music related to Mary, this particular song came to mind. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. That's not a Christmas song, is it? But it's a good song with the word Mary in it, don't you agree? Lots of folks think that when Paul McCartney wrote that song in 1969 that he was speaking about Mary, the mother of Jesus, but actually he wrote it thinking about his own mother, Mary. It's a great song still. And of course, later on, he incorporated that one little phrase that I think in a way does make it a Christmas song, let it be with me according to your word. But being the preacher that I am, the free association continued. And I thought about another famous Mary and a famous song that's not a Christmas song, but still it's a great song. Here's the way this one goes. 
How do you solve a problem like Maria? How do you catch a cloud and pin it down? You know that song? What's it from? The Sound of Music. For some reason, one of the major networks thinks of The Sound of Music as a Christmas movie because they play it every Sunday night before Christmas. How many of you saw it on Sunday night? I've only seen it 8,000 times or so, but once I came across it flipping the channels, John, I, I had to watch the rest of it and find out how it turned out. It always ends the same way. How do you solve a problem like Maria? That's a question that you and I should think about as we look at Maria, Mary, the mother of Jesus. For much of Christian history, Christians have believed in different ways about Mary. Our Roman Catholic part of the family and also much of our Orthodox part of the Christian family thinks of Mary in very mystical terms, you might say. Some have even gone so far as to say that Mary herself was divine, having been herself immaculately conceived. There's a great tradition and a great history of thought about Mary. After all, she was the Theotokos, the God-bearer. She was Mater Dei, the mother of God. She is given honor in much of Christendom with the word or the name Notre Dame, Our Lady. There are Notre Dames not just in Paris, but all over the world. The Roman Catholic part of our family, the Orthodox part of our family, highlights the very special character and, and work that Mary, the mother of Jesus, did. However, you're in a Protestant church. And my name is Jack, and I've always been a Protestant and always will be. And Protestants, truth be told, do not always agree with other parts of the Christian family about just what to make of Mary. And to be honest with you, Protestants often have mostly dismissed Mary out of hand as an overreaction, perhaps, to the incredible focus in the other parts of the family on, on Mary herself. So I say that, that Mary's a problem for us, but Today, you're going to hear the solution. How can we begin to think of Mary in a way that, that takes us back to the texts, that takes us back to the, the stories that are told about her? I would propose to you that one of the most important things that you and I can do as we try to understand and identify with and learn from this central character of the nativity scene, we need to remember that she was a human being. Now that might sound to you like so incredibly obvious that you wonder why you're sitting here listening to me, but, but bear with me just a moment. Mary 
was no more than a human being, but also no less than a human being. And because she was a human being, we can say and we can believe and we can understand that Jesus was a human being. That's part of the good news of Christmas. Not that our Savior was born, that's also another part of it, but here's part of the good news of Christmas, that God loves us so much that he came to be with us as one of us. It's what we call the mystery of the incarnation. If Mary herself were purely divine, born of a divine seed, then there's no way Jesus could be human, but Jesus is human because Mary is a human being. Let us never lose the humanity of Mary, the mother of God, because that's what connects us in a mystical and yet vital way with Jesus, our Savior. Mary was a human being from whom you and I can learn much, from whom you and I must learn much. Because Mary was a human being, we understand that God uses people like Mary, who was people just like us. Sometimes you and I look at the great heroes of the Christian faith and think, that was them, that's not me. There's nothing special about me. God could never do anything special with my life. But friends, Mary was only a human being whom God chose to do some of his will in the world. And because God could use her as a human being, God can use you and me because we are human beings. Someone once said that the hands of the Almighty are usually found at the ends of our arms. And that's the way it was with Mary. Mary was a human being from whom you and I can learn much and must learn much. We learn that people like us are called to respond as Mary responded. That takes us back to the gospel according to McCartney. Let it be with me as you, Gabriel, have said. Let it be with me as you, God, have outlined what my life will be. Your will be done. We learn from Mary the human being as she accepts and lives out God's will for her life. This Christmas, as we all gaze again on the characters of the nativity scene, Let's be sure that we consider Mary very carefully, who was confronted by an angel who had a message from God about what God's plan was for her life, and then who accepted that plan, and as a result, cradled her newborn son. As a result, nurtured her newborn son and gave us the Savior of the world. When you look at Mary, look at a human being who believed, who followed, and then who did something about what she believed. 
And as a result, Jesus grew up to know the love of God. I have a question for you. What if Mary had said no? And here's another question for you. What will you say to God when God tells you his plan for your life? Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Friends, I invite you now to an ancient ritual of lighting candles, celebrating the light of God that came into the world. There is a certain magic to this process. Let me share with you what it is. Let me invite those of you who, once your candles are lit, to hold them straight up and down. And then the person who needs to receive the light will turn their candle parallel with the ground, and that way you can light your candle. We light our candles from the light of the Christ candle and share that light with others.
world and the birth of Jesus Christ. There were those who believed, those who knew, those who followed, like Mary. That light kindled in their own hearts and lives, and they shared with others. And we are the direct descendants of those who shared the light. So our calling this night is to share the light of Christ with a hurting world in the hope and conviction that one day all people will come to know the forgiving, healing, renewing, life-giving light of Christ in their own lives. This is our hope. This is our prayer. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you this night and always. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.